I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, the podcast for all things Disney for NPR Illinois Community Voices and for the Front Row Network. I'm your host today, Craig, and joined by the two best co-hosts around the internet. I first have Mr. Brett Rutherford. Well, hello there. Such an honor to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I also have Ms. Vanessa Ferguson. How are you? I'm just really, really excited. I'm so excited, too, because it was just recently announced that Lanny Smoot from Walt Disney Imagineering is going to be going into the National Inventors Hall of Fame. And this is a huge deal, everybody, because there is only one other person associated with the Walt Disney Company that is in the National Inventors Hall of Fame. And let me check my notes here. That person is Walt Disney, who was posthumously added to the National Inventors Hall of Fame in the year 2000. So this is this is huge. It is so incredible that he is getting this honor. And it's wonderful that Walt Disney Imagineering has given us the opportunity to have a chat with him today. I'm so excited to dig into this. Brett, how about you? I'm so excited, too. I can't wait. You know, Imagineering is such a mystery, and I hope to find out maybe just a little bit of some of the things that he's worked on. That'll be amazing. I'm very excited about that. Absolutely. Vanessa, where are you at with this interview? I am hoping that we can get some stories about how some of the inventions come to be. I mean, we've talked to Imagineers before, but uh, to really put the label of we're talking to an inventor, like that is so exciting to me. I cannot wait to ask him some more questions about the work he does. It's really cool because we've had such an amazing opportunity to talk to so many people from WDI that are really uh, so much more of the story leads, creative leads, the people that really write or help develop those stories that we love in these attractions. Uh, But I I fail to remember if we've talked to someone that is specifically from research and development. And so it's just really incredible that we get this opportunity to chat with him today. And I, I can't wait to get into it. So unless you all have something that you'd like to mention, I think we probably will just go right into it. Okay. All right. So without further ado, here's our interview with Lanny Smoot from Walt Disney Imagineering. It is such an honor today to have Lanny Smoot here with us uh, from Walt Disney Imagineering. And also, Lanny, you were just given this amazing recognition where you're going to be the first person in the Walt Disney Company to be recognized with this prestigious honor of going into the Inventors Hall of Fame since Walt Disney himself was posthumously added uh, to the Hall of Fame in the year 2000. It's so great to get a chance to talk to you today. And I guess I should have asked first, how are you doing? I am doing great. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm. It's wonderful. It's humbling. It's exciting. Come on, I'm having. I'm great. That's fantastic. And can you talk a bit about? So when you find out that you're going to get this honor, what are the feelings that you had uh, once you had been bestowed that, or, or learned that you're going to be bestowed that here in 2024? Well, I'll tell you a little side story because. Um, you learn that you're going to be inducted six months or so before the actual, before any ceremony occurs. And like most people, you know, know, that day I was having a little bit of a down day. I was waiting in a parking lot for something and the phone rings and I said, oh, 
possibly spam because I don't recognize the the caller. And, you know, I put on the bad voice like, yes, who's this? Oh, hi, this is Dr. And I forgot her name from the National Inventors Hall of Fame. My voice became a lot more smooth at that point. Okay. It was, oh, well, how are you? Anything new going on with you? It was wonderful. And she told me that, yes, you're going to be an inductee. Uh, you can't tell anyone that this is uh, this has happened. And I said, mom's the word. And uh, the rest is history. So it, it's it's exciting. Um, and the company has chosen to celebrate me a little bit. And it's 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 really been nice. Um, and we got to show off our uh, hollow tile floor, which is something that uh, Disney usually holds new technologies pretty close to the vest. But because of the special honor and because it was me, um, they made a bit of an exception. So we got to show it off. And, and I think it is one of those things that um, I'm most proud of. So there you go. That's that's so great. And, you know, I actually had a question about the hollow tile floor later. But since you brought it up, I think we ought to talk about it yes. a bit now. It's interesting because usually I get uh, a lot of information when someone sends out Disney Parks news, when there's going to be a new attraction or Imagineering is working on X, Y or Z. But I had so many of my gaming friends that reached out to me and said, have you seen this thing that's just going to revolutionize uh, virtual reality? And, you know, a lot of people are comparing it to the holodeck from Star Trek the Next Generation as well. I've seen that uh, mentioned. It's a, little, so. it's a little off the Disney brand, but yes. Th you're right. You a... are right. That is yeah. that is true. Uh, sorry uh, to Paramount and Disney there. But uh, can you talk to me about this new technology? Absolutely. You know, it, it is super exciting and it would be like the floor that would be in a, a holodeck, which has become a common dream for all of us, being able to walk around endlessly in a relatively small space, have our friends with us all in virtual reality, any number of people in the same space and never bumping into each other, never walking off the floor, running, jumping, doing whatever they wanna do. And it, I do think it's going to change the, certainly the world of gaming and many other things. Well, you mentioned that, you know, Disney holds those new technology, uh, I guess, secrets close to their chests, as I would as well, because I think a lot of companies uh, look to Disney and wonder how they find themselves on the cutting edge of technology and entertainment. So so what are those necessary necessary elements that make Disney's research and development possible? You know, what makes Disney so special? Well, you know what? We are known for our magic. And because it, it takes technology to do magic, the Isaac Asimov, you know, um, quote, you know, where any sufficiently advanced technology seems to be magic. Well, that's the story of the Walt Disney Imagineers. We are science in service of art. And we, our major effort is to make people happy. So, I mean, this is the greatest job in the world, I have to say. The yeah. Rocks did that too, which was surprising. So there you go. But is there like a, a certain quality of collaboration that happens in that research and de development room? Like what's Absolutely. it like in the room with all of you? You know, we have computer scientists, we have electrical engineers, we have physicists, we have AI experts, we have all kinds of people who do all kinds of things. And it's the collaboration that makes a thing work. The hollow tile floor is a pretty sophisticated piece of hardware, but it also is a pretty sophisticated piece of software, right? To 
uh, allow it to do what it does. So it takes all types here. I have an engineering background. I came from Bell Labs, the powerhouse research arm of the Bell system those years ago. But I brought with me that technical background, and now I can combine it with the creatives here, the folks who are, you know, I always, I always brag that the things I make work. They may not look very good, though. Right. <laughs> you know, you go into my lab, you'll look at that and say, that's what it's going to be. No. And so I can I can always walk down the hall and say, hey, guys and gals, can you help me to uh, make this look a little better? So there you go. Cool. The, other, the other question that always comes up and I'm going to I'm going to kind of guess maybe um, what you might ask Vanessa is. Does R&D do what the rest of the company says? In other words, we've got a thing and we want you to do it. Or do we come up with just new ideas and say, can you use it? Guess what? The answer is yes. <laughs> that was my question, because I yeah. love to hear about process. And yeah. Yeah, you just completely answered it. Because, yeah, what does it we need it, this? It, we need both, something like this. Know? Well, that's, that's kind of what I thought. But yeah. yeah. R&D is, is, is con constantly a consulting force to the rest of Imagineering. So, you know, they might come by and say, hey, you know, we're trying to do this. Many times that doesn't require a giant project. It's more like the skills we have can do that. Occasionally they might inspire something. No, we don't know how to do that right now, but we have some ideas. The other one is, oh, my God, I'm working in the lab thought comes to me and I say, oh, this would be so cool. And because I'm always the first person who wants to see a thing, the best way to do it is to make a thing, make <laughs> that thing, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that can be the, you can be stimulated by the challenges that we have to make the magic, but you know, it, it goes both ways. Yeah. Great. Great. Answering I my question. Awesome. Thank you. We also do mind reading. It's a special. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yes, I we do quite well. Thank you. I, I think as Disney fans, uh, all of us would love to, if, if you asked, like, what's one Disney experience that you would love to have that uh, if you could have any experience, and a lot of people would say something like the Dream Suite in Cinderella Castle. I think a lot of us sitting on this call with you would say, we want to be in a blue sky session with Walt Disney Imagineering, you know, because it just seems like the uh, amount of, knowledge and fun that goes in, at least from the outside perception of that, uh, is something that is just absolutely remarkable. And so I actually have a suggestion. Uh, and that is that we just had this amazing Frozen 2 documentary about the making of the animated feature, maybe a continuation of something like the Imagineering story, we can get some blue sky behind the scenes of what you all do, because I think it is a, a bit of a shrouded mystery because you want to maintain the magic. But it also just seems like it would be so great to be inside of that room. Does that make sense? Well, I am in many of those rooms and it's really the people that make it work. And we have a tradition here. Okay. I'm going to tell you a terrible secret. Uh, Frank will say, no, no, no. But we do it sometimes the old fashioned way. Everyone has a sort of a general idea, put their best idea on a sticky stick it on the wall and we sort of go around and think about stuff. And this is really, really early blue sky when you're still just thinking about what an attraction could be. And what usually happens is things begin to gel. You have scientists having ideas, ah, let's do this thing. You have the best creative architects, sculptors, sculptors, et cetera. And 
we could do this. And what begins to come out of it are maybe two or three really good ideas, right? Then everyone goes away for a little while and comes back. Now, each of us may have done a little experiment. I'll run into the lab and say, did the thing I say could be done actually be done? <laughs> I'll check that out before I embarrass myself. And, you know, I might bring back a little show and tell and someone else might have been thinking along. And ideas converge. And once we feel that an idea is 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 solid, that it can be done, right? It is feasible, even if, it, if we don't know how to do it this second, it doesn't break the laws of physics because once that happens, no good, right? And we get back together and things evolve. So it is really, if you had the wrong people in the room, right? Without the skill sets we have, nothing would come of it. You'd have a bunch of, you know, things that you couldn't build or that wouldn't be fun or that wouldn't look good or wouldn't um, be able to service people of all ages, et cetera. But because we have people who have knowledge of what might be good in an attraction because they designed other attractions. They have people like me who can certainly make the technology work in many cases. The ideas converge. We're happy at some point. Um, and that's how ideas are, are done. The process is based on the people, though, mm -hmm. not so much the process, but the people in that room. That's fantastic. Now, it's interesting going back to the, the Inventors Hall of Fame is that you're being inducted, I see, with some historical figures as well who developed things like cruise control and the snowmobile um, and, you oh know, a process God. for for making fire resistant fiber. Uh, but, you know, it, it's wonderful to see Walt Disney Imagineering yourself personally, but also the idea of Imagineering as a whole through your work being honored as well. And I'm wondering if you can speak to and you've done this a bit already, but you come from Bell Labs and then you move more into a creative role. Can you speak to the creative side of in, of engineering and why that's just as important and being honored right there aside something like cruise control that we use every single day? So can you talk more about the creative side of engineering? Well, you know what? When I was at um, Bell, my boss was an engineer. That person's boss was an engineer. The person's boss, the president was an engineer, right? So it is, there's a certain locked in way of thinking, which is the technology is the is king. Here, when I, the major change in my life was coming here and saying here, create creativity is king, right? The thing that you're working towards is making something that's entertaining, that people will enjoy, that will certainly be safe, that will be, um, maybe instructive, teach people things, new things about the world. And so creativity drives the engineering and engineering drives the creativity. The two work hand in hand. And I would say nowhere is an engineer needed than a bunch of people who are completely creative, you know, and they'll say, <laughs> that. They'll say we have such wonderful ideas. Let's have a flying carpet that's 500 feet in the air. Right say no <laughs> and and no strings no we're not going to do that you know but other yeah. things but if you want to make it look like that's happening maybe we can talk right mm -hmm. so here it is engineering hand in hand in engineering and science hand in hand with the creatives and if there was only creative you wouldn't have the magic and without and with just magic for no particular reason you can show all kinds of stunts and illusions but unless they're telling a story which is what the creatives also 
do so well to make sure that our hearts are along with the with the creation it's got to be something that touches the heart but also makes people say how did they do that so i have a question i recently yes. had the opportunity to interview someone who is in uh investment banking in silicon valley and i asked him you know what's the next big technology and he didn't really help me so i think i, I asked the wrong person but today i've got the right person so my question for you is with inventions building off of other technology like you know microchips and then we have the smartphones what do you think is the next piece of technology that's it's going to be instrumental in the next success of uh innovation well i mean the thing that's looming in front of all of us is is uh artificial intelligence the ability to used correctly this is a great service to mankind used incorrectly like anything else it could be um bad we call it generally <laughs> and so um i think for our parts for instance and not necessarily with ai but we're going to make it so that the parts know you a little bit better they they are more individual and more interactive we want people i think to be embedded in stories that are their own and you know that you'll just see more of that with us i would say um okay. yeah that's exciting yeah. that is exciting it is okay. well disney imagineering is known for keeping projects secret yes and I'm not i was gonna amazed ask that i was allowed to uh show the hollow tile floor off oh well that is great yeah. well we're yeah. at, you know as as disney consumers fans and you know and devotees were extremely thrilled about that and we can only imagine Me too. what we will get to experience and and i'm not well i you've already divulged that i'm not going to ask you to divulge anything else okay. you know i mean okay because okay. i'm like going we play by the rules but okay. each time you go to a disney park and you see all right. the guests around do you think to yourself you're gonna love what we have waiting for you or the you ain't seen nothing yet kind of thing do you get excited oh, okay. you know for for the of guests of course mm -hmm. i'm always excited um to watch someone enjoying something that I've done. Um, mm -hmm. And I have to tell you this, I did some of the attraction work inside the Haunted Mansion, Madame Leota flying around, mm -hmm. changing oh, uh -huh. But we're also very careful to keep the feeling that your parents might have had when you went to Disney, uh, mm -hmm. especially your kid, <laughs> right? It, it, it's sort of like, we when we went into the haunted mansion we didn't say let's put in a big display you know quick uh flat panel display and like it's always got to be in service of both the existing art as well as the uh just that ability to to live the the life the, your kids live the life that you had when you were a child so mm -hmm. nostalgia was the word i was looking for sure yeah, yeah. Well, when when Madame Leota just started to you know kind of float, that was a really 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 cool thing. So yeah, that it, was me. It just was, oh, like wow! So thank you, thank yeah. you. Wow, that's You're that's welcome. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's it's wow. just amazing to get to talk to people that uh, have these ideas and inventions, and you have so many inventions and patents that we could speak to you about, and it's going to be extremely difficult to ask you all the questions about all the ones that we want to in this uh, interview. Interview, but I, I wanted to start with the patent that you decided to spotlight in the Inventors Hall of Fame acceptance, and that being, where's the fire? 
Yeah. And, and yeah, it's funny to say spotlight, it, you know, the attraction gave everyone who went to it, families in, in general, a magic flashlight that would allow you to see through walls and detect fire hazards, right? And I chose that. I could have chosen any of the patents that I've I've made, but I thought it was the most in sync with the Disney uh, story, the, the way the Walt Disney Company does things. And this attraction taught people uh you know what the hazards could be in terms of fire maybe a cable tv person is uh drilled a staple you know drove driven a staple into an electrical wire behind the uh the walls or whatever so um to me it, it's the uh where's the fire had a pretty good run i think it's been, it was in for 10 15 years or so it's no longer there it's making way for new stuff but I, I enjoyed seeing people play it and the fact that they were learning something that would be good for them and their families. I love that you it continues on that idea of edutainment, which is what Epcot was sort of built around. And I, I love it. This is more of a comment than it is a question, but I have an eight-year-old son, and it's great that he's growing up in a world that is more uh, focused on things like STEAM and STEM and uh, the idea that he's, you know, he's watching a, a YouTuber that is super popular, all about imagine or engineering. Um, he's uh, got some kits where he's building these toys and everything. And it, it's just great to see that things like Walt Disney Imagineering is also getting involved in kind of helping those kids understand things through engineering as well. And so it's just awesome to see that, that you're doing that work. Well, let me tell you, it's especially important to me as a person of color to see that young kids can see the types of things that will induce them to go into careers like science and engineering and chemistry and physics, all, all of those things. Um, as a kid growing up, I didn't really have the kinds of role models that some people might have. I grew up in Brownsville, Brooklyn. I love Brooklyn, but Brownsville was kind of a tough, tough place to grow up in. And I didn't see an electrical engineer, an African-American engineer until I was one. I mean, it's like so... You know, I'd love to see and I do work to see that folks who might have been overlooked a little bit in the past see people who have done this already, because once you see that it can be done, you can do it. Right. So mm -hmm. uh, part of the happiness of receiving the honor is to say, yeah, you know, people that look like me do amazing things. Not necessarily. <laughs> I'm not saying just about me, but you know what? I mean. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that actually goes along with a question I had for you, uh, which yes. was about mentorship. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, for me, I know this sounds really silly, but I love putting on the Big Bang Theory because I feel like it spotlights, you know, engineers mm -hmm. and physicists. And, and it's it, it gives me a visual of uh, what that what their lives look like. And, and a little I'm, goofiness. A little goofiness. That's true. A little that's goofiness. True. I mean, that's you right. know, I can look around here. Not me. I mean, I'm, I'm very... Right, no. right. <laughs> but it, it's it's just so fun to see people enjoying these fields. And and I noticed lately in education and in the U.S. that there's been this really big push 
for STEM or even STEAM education. And I'm just wondering what, from your perspective, what more can we do to help that effort further along? Do do we, um, one thing I saw that was really cool was like engineering boxes that can come to your door and you can make little kits, but you know, what, how should we be enriching our kids so that they can be the next Imagineer? One of my friends, a uh, fellow named Clark Rucker, uh, puts on what's called a steam, what he calls a steamposium. He's an African-American uh, guy who worked at a technical company, and um, he hosts a very large um, turnout of folks, many minority, many people of color, uh, every year in Pasadena. And that's just one example, but he especially invites kids from you know fourth grade through you know high school and encouraging them along paths of science and i can i am there every year for that and for many other things but i think more gatherings where on mass and maybe this is through radio television etc you have stories of people who again in some cases look like me it doesn't have to always be that but to show people examples of what can be done in your lifetime yeah, absolutely. I, 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 as you're talking, I'm thinking of like who, this female scientist that I know, and I'm like, well, Madam Curie, uh, yes. having trouble yeah. counting no. more, you know. So I know, and, and, and for women, it is the same thing. Um, we're only work, waking up in this country to the fact that we have brains of all colors, of all you know shapes, size, whatever, and that if we don't use all of them, we're going to fall behind. Right. So um, it's important to me to do mentoring. Um, Part of my story, one of the folks I mentored here uh, recorded a little something, but just it's important. It's key. And, you know, as soon as someone does a thing, I was telling um, someone recently, you know, it took years and years and years for someone to run the 100 yard dash at less than 10 seconds a year later, someone does it right. You know, after after the first record, once you see a thing, you know it can be done, and then people jump in. Yes, well, again, okay, unless you're going to read my mind again, but this is okay. It might be get a little complicated and a little, you know. But anyway, but again, I have another question about processes. Kind of a simple sure. question, but sure. what type of mood or surroundings help you work your best? Does music or the environment insist in your? assist in your creative process or can you discover and create amazing work anywhere the reason i'm laughing is i'm right right now i'm sitting in my office right and i've got stuff in the walls etc i also have a lab people say do you ever sit in your office <laughs> I mean, you know <laughs> now because it has a door i can lock and we you know can uh have some privacy as we're recording this but i I'm in my lab continuously. Uh, there's a little joke. Um, we had to clean up recently because we did another interview and make the lab and someone walked by and said, that's the neatest I've ever seen in your lab. So, so I live in <laughs> constant, uh, uh, you know, clutter and ideas. So I think I'm most comfortable surrounded by pieces of technology that are either things that I've built in the past or things that have interested me where I might have taken a start on something and said, no, I I don't want to do that now. So my most creative times are sitting in my lab. And I'm one of the few people here who has an individual lab. Um, There are many labs at at, uh, R&D, but because I have a certain 
habit of coming up with ideas. They said, yeah, yeah, you get your own lab. So it's cool. So got all kinds of electronic things, physical things, you you name it. So wow, uh, that's what makes you creative. That's what helps me be creative. Sure. Great. Well, thank you. Lanny, uh, you've got to give me credit here. I'm a big okay. nerd, and I waited at least a half hour to ask you about the lightsaber. So now yes. I've got to talk to you about the lightsaber, and that is, uh, I just want to know everything about it. I want to know, no, but really, like you're given this task, or are, first of all, was that the way that it was presented? Were you given this task to no. build this uh, okay. interactive lightsaber, or, or how did that start? You know what? I have a kind of a cottage industry on on lightsabers because I have the one that's the extendable one. I have the ones that were in the um, launch bay, which have this penumbra behind them, a glow around them. Um, I did some internal lightsaber shows, et cetera. You know, I I often wonder when people say, oh, I don't know what I should do. And I work for a company. I I just don't even understand. I I say, well, Look around you. What do we do? We have Star Wars movies. We have Marvel. We have this. We have Pixar. If you can't find something that's sort of (laughs) iconic and think about maybe I should make one of these things, I don't know. So I've made, um, I did, I have the patent for the lightsaber experience that was in Star Cruiser, where you learn how to use a lightsaber. That lightsaber is completely different from the extendable one. Each one has a different sort of flavor. It is also used, another lightsaber is the one that's used at the um, at the end of the adventure where the, oh, the fight takes place. That's right. also my lightsaber, right? Wow. So, Thank you. Wow. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so, twice. So, yes, twice, twice, right? So, yes. And yes. Um, what, what was fun for me is uh, Bobby Bristow, who was my partner, one of my partners on the extendable lightsaber, was showing it off. And Josh Diamoro, who uh, is our chairman of Parks and Resorts, was so enthusiastic about it. He just, you know, this is great, right? And he showed it in an early press release where people couldn't take photos and that sort of thing. And the it, it created a, a great demand for people to see it mm-hmm. and ultimately you know he's he's usually wielding it and bobby bristow might even be the one who's handing it to him so we we um yeah so i built a lot of of, of lightsabers i'd say starting uh oh i'd say eight nine years ago as, as wow. soon as the, the, the movies inspired me i said yeah let's let's make a lightsaber Next one, a little better, a little different. Oh, next one, a little different. Each one has a special feature, and the extendable one is the one that you see most because it's so unique. So, yeah. And it's so it's it's like bringing that movie magic directly to life in a way that I mean, I remember I, I don't remember specifically which of the um, conferences it was at that Josh showed that off. It might have been like a destination D23. But I remember watching the stream of it. And at the very end, he uses that uh, that lightsaber and the the audience just erupts. And I mean, that's kind of what happened to me watching it from YouTube, you know, like, just like you're, you, you, by the way, you I enjoyed it something. also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just so, it's so cool that you're able to through science and math and engineering to be able to take something that is so, um, 
in the pop culture as fantasy in this space opera that uh, we've all loved for so long and be able to make it something that's so similar to it in real life. It's just a really neat thing that you get to do. This is what Imagineers do. And I was I had the honor of talking to Josh Diamaro for an internal video yesterday, as a matter of fact, the day before yesterday. And um, what I pointed out to him, he already knew it, is it's easy for our partners in the movie business to make a lightsaber, right? It's this CGI effect and you can do anything. What I think is the thing that Imagineers are so good at is saying, uh oh, <laughs> we saw how great that looked. We need to do it in real life, right? And that sets our brains working. That's another way that we, you know, you had asked, um, you know, uh, Brett, how do we get ideas and that sort of thing? You know, you look at look at the other products that we do, and it becomes pretty obvious. Uh oh, we need a lightsaber and a real one and quickly. So I think that was for me was the inspiration. Well, that's actually my follow-up question, because I wanted to ask you if you could tell us more about those uh-oh moments, those moments where you're like, I don't know how we're going to make this, and you get a little stumped, but then by the end, you do find a way. Is there like a behind-the-scenes story that you could tell us about maybe another project that seemed impossible, but you found a way? Um, I think there are a lot of those, um, and I'm going I'm to stay on lightsabers for a second. The lightsaber training experience um, at, that was at Star Cruiser required the, the the guests to be able to learn the force and learn how to deflect uh, light beams and not be killed, you know, because light lasers, you know, very bad for getting shot with them. So, you know, we have to make things that are absolutely safe, but that mimic the thing in real life. So I can't tell you exactly how it's done, but the challenge is to do things that look and feel very much like the real thing. And we are, as Imagineers, um, I love my colleagues because they and I do this all the time. The other thing I'll just, I'll just point out, I love the diversity of things that we can work on here because, you know, we have cruise ships, Right. I've done interactive cruise uh, uh, floors for them. We have, you know, toys. Um, oh, hold on one second. So anyone, if they remember these infinity figures. Oh, I uh, loved those. Yeah. Well, the, the reason that they have lightsabers that light up was that my electronics is inside of these. Oh, that's so, so cool. Unfortunately, they they uh, are no longer sold, but mm -hmm. I have a few. Absolutely. I'd say I think I, I I don't know where they're at in my house right now, but I certainly have a few of those with those lightsabers because that was such a fun sandbox game. You have for a sure. piece of my you have a piece of work in your house. Oh, that's uh, awesome. I work in that. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Now you just got to get an sign it, Craig. <laughs> that's yeah, right. actually, actually, you know, it's interesting. These are limited. To, oh, 2015, 30th of September. So when these were made, I didn't oh, even know. This is the first I really looked, I knew it was had an insignia on it, but exactly when it was made. Um, and these are sort of um limited just for me. Yeah. Ah, well that's great. well deserved, absolutely. You know, absolutely. This is a question. What project at Imagineering has been your most challenging or your most personally rewarding? I'm gonna have to go with the hollow tile floor. 
And it, oh, I'll tell you why at, at this company. I've done some things at previous companies, but we're at Disney. First of all, it's always the thing that I'm working on that is my favorite at the time. It, it may it may pass after a while because I fall mm-hmm. I fall in love with the thing while I'm doing it because I can't wait to see it done. The thing that drives me is the the first an idea. And then knowing it could be done, but it's not proven yet, or it ha- I haven't done it. And then I'm racing to do it, right? With a hollow tile floor, it has two things. One, I think it is it was a challenge to come up with something that would work. Okay. But also, I think it has repercussions across so many fields. I mean, a lightsaber is amazing. It's iconic. It's wonderful. I don't want to say that, you know, that's not great or some of the special effects I've done or whatever. But I think the hollow tile floor has the potential to be used in so many different places that it may be, you know, people talk about a legacy until till tomorrow, then I'll come up with something else. I say, well, I t- <laughs> but but I, I think I think that one's going to stick. I think people wow. are going to like this thing. Mm-hmm. Well, we've spent so much time learning about your innovations, and I, and I just wonder kind of what gets you excited as an engineer. So what is uh, maybe a special effect uh, or an innovation in the Disney parks that either you or someone else has worked on that you're like, okay, that's cool. All right. The one I always come back to, Madam Leota, no matter what I else, what else I do, uh, people love it because it's classic, et cetera. And if you're not familiar with how the Haunted Mansion works, you, your ride vehicle goes around a table called the seance table in the seance room. And in the past, Madam Leota, a disembodied head, actually, it's been a, made a little bit more popular because of the movies and people who have gone to the parts. But uh, she was enca- uh, encased in a sphere and never left the table. And she's giving this seance speech. And then, you know, we went into the mansion, uh, the Imagineers, and came out. And all of a sudden, she's flying around in the room like, what the heck, you know? And um, similar for the uh, changing portraits. I remember when I first started working for the company, I rode through the haunted mansion and I noticed the portraits and I got interested in those and how they were, which I will not go into, but there were some things that could have been better. And I said, hey, I have an idea. And I demonstrated it to top management and Imagineering. And that's one of those things where um, no one asked me to do that specifically, but I just said, this would be so cool. And um, I think it was Tom Fitzgerald. I'll do some name dropping here. And he said, that looks great. Let's do it. And so those went into the mansion. And so the necessity, the things that I, and, and I like that, tell you a little story. Many of the things that I've made, I don't personally install, right? You know, I come up, I show a prototype. There's another part of the company, which is still an inside of Imagineering that's responsible for making it uh, have great, good longevity or fixing some issues that you know, aren't research, but whatever. Oh, I did go down to the Haunted Mansion to install it because it's it, the it's a high-tech thing. It's surprisingly high-tech for people who would think, I know how it's done. You probably don't, okay? Ooh, cool. And, and so it was, a, it was a group of us. Um, some people did one thing, some people did the other. The Haunted Mansion was closed for the time that we were doing these refurb- refurbishments. And when parts of the team that didn't need me were working, 
I would just lay back in a doom buggy. The ride isn't moving, right? And occasionally, you know, it's three in the morning, four in the morning, I'm going to go to sleep. They don't turn off the spooky effects and the music, (laughs) even though the ride, so you wake up, it's like, I'm in a haunted mansion. (laughs) Oh my God, you know? So I can say I have slept in the haunted mansion so excellent oh, you good yeah and you survived to tell the tale i, I survived I, to tell the tale so, what i love about yeah. um that that whole story is you know we often hear this quote from by the way your other invention hall of fame inductee walt disney uh that um, that you know that Disneyland is not supposed to be a museum, that it's always supposed to be moving forward. And, and I know I'm paraphrasing that. It's something to the effect, he says, that as long as, P- as there is creativity and imagination, Disneyland will never be finished. I exactly. And and I just love that even something as hallmark, as legacy as the Haunted Mansion continues to evolve. I mean, we just got yeah. the Hatbox Ghost in Walt Disney World. We had the Hatbox Ghost return to Disney. One of my very just... good friends, and I, I'd like to say a little bit of a mentee, uh, he's a little bit younger than me, uh, Daniel Joseph was responsible for that. And he's just a great guy. And um, yep, thank you. Wow, I'm watch, watching out for him. He's getting too close to me. I want to keep him. Got to keep him out of that lab, right? You know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. That's enough. Get, get out of here. That's why you have the lock on your office door. Just yeah, in case. Like, click. You know, yeah. Yeah, he's great. That, uh, he brought the hat, bo- hat box back. Can't even say it. He brought the effect back. That's fantastic. And I know we're going to go on to some rapid fire questions, but I I guess I just would want to, um, before we get there, just ask you uh, if there's anyone else that uh, is, and I know you work with so many great and amazing people, but either mentors or mentees of yours in Imagineering that you'd just like us to either keep an eye on or just get some a bit more, because a lot of what you do is so behind the scenes and so behind the magic that you don't necessarily always get the uh, public praise. And again, I know you could do this for every single uh, coworker that you have but is there just somebody that you'd want to mention uh to us before we get into some rapid fire questions you know for quite some time bobby bristow who is a co-inventor on the hollow tile f- uh floor and um is again the person usually handling uh josh the lightsaber he's an amazing guy very good friend and a partner on several major activities again including the hollow tile so i'll shout him give him a shout out and just a really nice guy. So that's fantastic. All right, this is the rapid fire round. Now, just because we say rapid fire doesn't mean you have have to be rapid fire. You can take okay. as much time as you want. We're not going to tell you to what to do. But I'm going to ask okay. you a few questions. You can give me your favorites. We'll start okay. with favorite Disney film. Oh my! <laughs> oh my goodness! I have to go with Tiana with the Bayou and yeah. So how yeah. are how excited are you about the the ride the new ride overlay? I am. One of my uh, good friends is working on that. So I mean, it has worked on that. So yeah, it's great. Oh Excellent. man, I can't we're, I can't wait pumped. for it. It's going to be so yes. cool. <laughs> um, favorite attraction that you like to ride? Haunted Mansion. Okay, I thought that's true. It's so great. I think the engineering there is just wonderful. Yeah, yeah, we think so too. Uh, Favorite Disney snack? Oh, boy. I don't know. Cookies? (laughs) That one, 
I don't know. Popcorn? Well, you like Tiana's. Yeah. What about the beignets? I mean, we love the beignets. Yeah. Is it? Okay, yeah. good. Oh, good. Okay. Good. <laughs> um, and good. favorite Disney restaurant? The Bayou at uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. You can see sort of a one-track mind going on here. That's okay. Yeah, that's all right. Well, I think hey. that does it for our rapid fire. Unless, Craig, do you have a final one? No, I was just going to say 2024 is making out to be the year of Tiana. So this is going to be great, right? For the Walt it Disney is. Parks, it right? Is. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. That's so fantastic. Um, I just have uh, one last question that we traditionally ask uh, all of our guests, and that is that you've had the opportunity now, you've mentioned that uh, due to this induction into the uh, Ventures Hall of Fame, you are uh, getting some press opportunities, some media opportunities, people that are starting to talk to you for interviews. And uh, just would like to ask if there is ever a story or a message that you're not asked about or you don't get a chance to talk about much that you would like to mention. Is there something that you'd like to help us end on? The only thing I'd like to end on uh, here is I want to see more people, people who look like me, more women doing the types of things that I'm doing. And I would invite every young person to follow their dream, work towards it, do as much of it as you can. One, one of the things you didn't ask me is, you know, how was I as a kid you know, coming up after the discovery of electricity with my dad at five years old. I entered every science fair that I possibly could. I did every, I built everything I could at home. A lot of people who are in my industry or scientists or engineers, they say, oh, I took things apart to figure out how they worked. I was a little different. I figured out how they worked and figured out what parts they had inside that I could get out of them to make something new. And oh, I, wow. I found that po folks who are sort of creative, and I don't want to just be talking about me, are more people who put things together, not so much also that people take that people that take things apart. Not that that's bad, but the synthesis is 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 I think important. Anyway, for for kids, for parents, I want to say, expose your kids to as much as you can because I believe that everyone has a special talent in them. And the shame of this world is that we don't often, that person never sees the thing that they would have been amazing at. So broad exposure for kids, especially kids who have been overlooked in the past. And I think the world will be a better place. That's, it. That's so fantastic. And as a parent, I'll take that to heart. I will tell you, my eight-year-old, if you asked him today what he's going to be when he grows up, it's a Walt Disney Imagineer. So that's uh, that's where he's at right now. That might, I, I, you know, dad might have had some something to do with that uh, line of thinking, but... Yeah, I was going to say dad had, had a good idea, but good. <laughs> but uh, it's just been such an amazing time to get a chance to talk to you. Congratulations on this amazing honor that's being bestowed to you. And uh, just thank you for all the art and creativity and science that you've put into these parks and to so many different patents uh, and to all of it that you've been able to give back to us. Thanks so much. Tumbling. Um, thank you so much. And uh, it was great talking to you guys. You had wonderful questions that spurred me on. So thank you. Thank you for that.
That was just incredible. I loved getting a chance to talk to him today. It really was uh, an inspiring chat because he talked a lot about the need for science and for mentorships. He, he ended on that wonderful uh, message about just exposing your kids to lots of different things so they can kind of figure out where they belong in this big, vast world. And so something that I think a lot of parents can take to heart, I know certainly I can, but Vanessa, talk to me about the interview that we just had and your thoughts. Oh, I I really adore this interview because for me, I am a pretty mechanical person. Um, I like to take things apart. I like to fix things. Uh, but also, um, you know, I'm I'm a woman. And a lot of times over the years, people have taken things out of my hand. So, you know, to have the chance to get to talk to an innovator and really have him describe what it is he does and his thought process, that's so exciting to me. And and I, look, guys, I'm a huge fan of the Big Bang Theory. My brother's a scientist. So I like people who work in this kind of industry. I like the way they think. I like their creativity. I, I just love their personalities. So for me, this... This was a dream. I'm, I just really, really love this interview. It was just so much fun to be able to dive into some of the mechanics. And I mean, I know he's not going to share the magic with us, but even just when he was like describing how he works in his lab or how the blue skying happens uh, and his work with his colleagues, that's stuff that I just eat up because it's so cool to think about what it is, what it takes for. Uh, we're going to get a lot of announcements at D23, the ultimate fan experience coming uh, in August. And they're working on that stuff. They're in probably the late stages of what they're going to be announcing like now, you know, and so it's so cool that we get that opportunity. Brett, what were your thoughts about the interview? Well, I'm to, to now every time I go to the Haunted Mansion and we see Madame Leota, you know, floating, I'm like going, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah, we talked to Lanny and he told us, yep, that was his. I'm just like going that each time, you know, because of all of the interviews that we've had, when you go into the parks and, and you experience all these attractions and all this, you just kind of go. We've talked to so now so many of the people that are behind the voices or the creation and now the engineering that it makes it even more special. So I love all of those layers of Disney knowledge we have now. Yay. It's pretty in incredible. I mean, it is hard to like go to the parks now and not walk around and be like, oh, hey, there's Big Thunder Mountain. We spoke to Tony Baxter or, oh, hey, um, we're just on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which, oh, by the way, Kevin Rafferty was talking to us about, mm -hmm. you know, the different Easter eggs that they put all around that attraction. Mm -hmm. And uh, Doris Hardoon talked to us about the amazing carpeting that's in Living with mm -hmm. the Land, you know, like all of these different, like really cool opportunities that we've had. So, of course, we thank uh, Walt Disney. Imagineering and Disney in general for the opportunity to speak to Lanny today. And of course, thank Lanny for everything that he's given to the world here through his entertainment and creativity, but also through science and the engineering that he's able to do day in and day out. And I can't wait to see what's next, you know, because it yeah. seems like right. he's, there's no quitting him. So uh, no. he is continuing to build uh, and build and build, which is just so cool. And who knows? I, I bet there are some announcements that will come later in August Ooh. that maybe Lanny is a part of that he's not able to talk to us about quite yet or we might mm -hmm. see a lot more about that hollow tile as well uh that's really oh, wow. cool as and someone that can, has can we just say to our listeners if you haven't 
seen the video of the hollow tile, go search for it real quick. Pause this podcast and go look, actually look at it on like maybe YouTube because it's wild to me. It is so cool. And that's just something we can't accurately express through our audio podcast. It, you know, it's interesting. It's like I've played a little bit in the VR, like just as like a gamer in that kind of space. And it really is something where the the clunkiness that VR is experiencing now is that once you run into a wall or like you can't leave this little circle of space, uh, yeah. you can't actually really move your entire body. You can really move your upper body and maybe yes. do some squatting or something like that. But beyond that, you can't get that like physical motion forward. And this is something that's going to revolutionize that. And I think like Lanny was saying, it's going to be used in a lot of different creative spaces because I know mm-hmm. that there's a lot of businesses that are using the whatever you call it, the metaverse or the VR space to be able to conduct meetings and to be able to have creative ventures from people that are all around the world and you can kind of bring them into the same room. So there is so much potential for this technology that it is so cool that we had a chance to get a, a chance to talk to him. Uh, so unless you all have any final thoughts, we'll go ahead and just tell you to make sure to check out all of our interviews. Like I said, we had a bunch of Imagineers on this show in the past, and I would love for you to go back and check out all of those interviews and anything else on Beyond the Mouse in case this is the first time that you're listening to us. You can also follow along with us on social media. You can find Beyond the Mouse on Instagram and then also on Facebook. Uh, You can go to the Beyond the Mouse Podcast Pals uh, group on Facebook, which is where we're going to be chatting it up as well after this episode. But any final thoughts, Brett? Uh... I, it's such an amazing opportunity to speak to so many wonderfully creative people whose whose wonderful talent we get to experience each time we go to the park. So chalk up another one, amazing, and we thank Lanny so much for this opportunity and Imagineering as well. And hello yes. to Frank. Vanessa? You know what? I'm going to make this even easier for you. I'm going to find a video of the Holotile. I'm going to post it in the Beyond the Mouse Podcast Pals group. So if you're not yet in that group, join in, and then that way you're going to be able to see that video right there because it is like the coolest thing. Absolutely. So uh, you got to go check out that group, and we've got to get out of here. So for Beyond the Mouse, I am Craig. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Brett. And we will see you in the front row, probably the front row, like just in awe of something that Lanny Smoot built for us all Mm -hmm. to enjoy either in the Disney parks or out in the world. 